0: I'm Elena Salinas, software engineer and host of the Women in Tech Show, technical interviews with prominent women in tech. The insurance industry is incorporating technology to reduce bottlenecks, improve experiences, and bring to market new solutions. Vivian Lee, Principal Corporate Ventures, Capital and Labs at CSAA, explained recent advancements in the insurance industry. We also talked about corporate venture capital and different types of investments, such as early-stage financing and seed capital. Vivian explained the finance process and the role of business plans. Vivian Lee is joining us today. Vivian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's great to have you and I'm really looking forward to our conversation. We're gonna cover various topics, mostly around the insurance industry and corporate venture capital. I wanna begin with the insurance industry. You work at CSAA. Can you explain what CSAA does? Sure.
1: So CSAA is one of the three insurers under the AAA Federation. For those of us who live in California, you might be familiar with our roadside assistance, but we also sell insurance, and I think that we're the largest insurer in California, and we're the largest insurer under the AAA Federation as well.
0: So they provide insurance for automobiles and home, among other things, right?
1: Yes, those two are what we provide.
0: Yeah. In terms of technology or more in general, what is
1: the current panorama of the insurance industry? Sure, I can only speak to home and auto because those are the two areas that I'm more familiar with. If you think about the disruption that has been in technology in the past 10 years, FinTech has largely been disrupted. Insurance is getting disruption starting from about five years or so ago. If you think about how, let's say your parents uh, buy insurance, they would go talk to an agent, either in person or on the phone, fill out a bunch of questionnaires, turn in a lot of paperwork, and then get their insurance. And then when you have an accident, you would also go through a lot of manual process as well. Well, now, you know, everyone expects that you would have digital access to everything. And so the insurance process is also getting disrupted in the same way. And I can talk a little bit about the trends and what we're looking at. Yes, let's
0: talk about that because you mentioned something interesting where we're seeing something similar happen in the financial industry, which we know about as fintech now. And now we're starting to hear about insured tech. Can you give some examples of improvements and technological
1: advancements that you are familiar with? Sure. So from the insured tech side, you can think of some of the more successful insured tax in the space, like Lemonade, HIPPO, or Kin. They are all home insurers. Lemonade also sells a renter's insurance, but the key is you can actually go through the entire application process and binding process online, and not only can you do that when you're actually trying to put a claim through, you can also do that relatively instantaneously and that's basically what lemonade is selling to the market in addition to that if you think about these companies they also leverage all the data that is out there so in addition to the traditional data um, providers for insurance they also take for example mls data they take you know, permits from the city, and all these other data sources that are available online now. And so then they can really hone in on what are the specific questions that you really should ask for specific addresses. So instead of a standard list of, let's say, 30 questions, they can personalize it based on the specific addresses.
0: I see. So one of the sides that you're talking about is taking a lot of this manual process, sort of centralizing it, making it simple, tailored to you, there are other areas that I was thinking about in terms of innovation and technology that affects the insurance space, one of them being driverless cars. And sort of as they become more widely accepted, what are some of the things in your opinion that are going to be needed to be taken into
1: account by the insurance? Sure. So from a driverless car's perspective, obviously that's a huge disruption for the insurance market. So we currently only sell personal insurance on home and auto, with driverless car, you may not even have personal insurance anymore because you might just get a driverless car from a fleet. So from that perspective, we might have to switch from personal to commercial. In addition to that, the liability may not lie in the car itself, so it may not even be the fleet owners. It may be the manufacturer of the cars. It might be the software you know, maker of the car. Um, So those are a lot of the things that the industry is still trying to figure out. But one of the things that we're doing right now within the venture team is we're looking at different fleet technologies that are out there. And there are also a lot of companies that are trying to link all these data together. And we see that as a critical way to allow us to not just to understand, but also predict and foresee what is going to happen in the future. So we're spending a lot of time looking at these data company.
0: And you said it's still uh, very open in that space, right? They're still defining. Yes. Okay. Let's switch gears a bit and talk about corporate venture capital, which is one area that you've been working on, particularly related to corporate strategy. So I want to begin talking about
1: that. Can you explain corporate strategy? Sure. I actually started my career in corporate strategy, actually in um, management consulting. And when I think about corporate strategy, it's largely a couple things. One is how do you grow your revenue, either by having sell more of your same product or go into a new market. So for example, that's what our corporate ventures team objective is, is to see what are some of the new business areas that we can really get into. And then the other area for corporate strategy is on the cost side. How can we actually be more efficient? How can we improve our processes or have some more automation to make you know, to make things faster and cheaper.
0: I see. And what would you say are some of the components of this strategy? I know you talked about efficiency and product related. Mm -hmm. Are there other
1: components, core components of a strategy, of a corporate strategy? What would you like to know? What, What do you mean by components, like operational processes? or?
0: Yes, or how it can be measured? How do you go about executing on a
1: corporate strategy. I see. So from the revenue perspective, that's probably pretty obvious. You can see what additional revenue you're getting from the new product line or the new products. Um, On the cost side, you can think about how much sales cost you are taking to sell a specific amount of revenue, for example. So kind of the sales cost per revenue. And then you can also look at the specific processes to see how long it takes for you to complete a certain operational process. And then you can also, of course, measure a lot of human capital related metrics on, you know, for example, if you have a call center, how many calls are they handling? How many customer requests are they completing? Things like that. So there are a lot of different ways to measure it. Is there typically a team dedicated to this or does it sort of you know span throughout a company So for the teams that I've worked on copper strategy usually is centralized inside the corporate strategy team but once you figure out for example here based on our calculation on for example at HP there are different business units that have similar operating model then you can clearly see from a human capital perspective what are the benchmarks that you can you need to have and then you can apply it to the other vision.
0: I want to focus now on the corporate venture capital side of things because I know it's it can be related to the corporate strategy and corporate venture capital involves investing in corporate funds in external
1: companies. Can you explain in more detail what this is? corporate venture capital? Sure, Sure. so the key difference between corporate ventures and venture capital is the strategic focus because the return obviously is important to us as well because no one wants to lose money, but really it's about how can we actually help our business grow. Because even if we go invest in a company and let's say it goes IPO and we get a great return, it might, the return may still be very small compared to what the revenue of our company is. So it's really about how can we leverage the technology of these startups to help us um, grow from a strategic perspective.
0: What are some examples, they don't have to be in the insurance space, but examples of corporate venture capital and how it complements their core business
1: strategy? So a lot of it is influencing the roadmap of the startup itself. I can give you an example of one of the companies that we have worked with for a long time and invested in. It's called Cape Analytics. Um, So what they do is they apply artificial intelligence into all this aerial imaging and then figure out the age of the roof. And so right now for before CAPE Analytics, for us to figure out what are the homes that we want to send an inspector to inspect, it's more or less, um, it's not completely random, but it's not very accurate because you can't really know exactly which home is how old a lot of the times. So with CAPE Analytics, they, you actually have very hard evidence on ranking of the different roofs to basically identify the ones that are in worse condition than the others. And in those cases, you can systematically send inspectors to these homes before you actually price the policy. And you can make decisions such as changing the price or if you want to actually insure this home at all, if, if you think that that's outside our risk tolerance. So
0: it's a company that is clearly complementing part of the, the insurance policy process. The business, yes. In terms of investments, for this interview, I was reading about venture capital and these sort of things, and I, I was reading about early stage financing, seed capital, initial public offering. So I'm wondering, in terms of corporate venture capital, are there
1: different types of investments? Are these investments leveraged? Yes. So we primarily at CSAA invest in early stage uh, companies, the A's and the series A's and B's. But when we think about what stage um, you want to invest in, obviously that's related to how much capital you have as a company or as a venture capital to invest because later stage costs a lot more. But also it's just a, a risk and return uh, risk and equity trade off. And so the earlier you invest in, you get a much larger piece of the business, but you have to accept a lot higher risk. Whereas you say when you invest in C or D for the same amount of capital, you will have a much smaller piece of the company, but you are sure, a lot more sure that the company would be successful.
0: What are some of the characteristics of an early stage company or some of
1: the general things that a bunch of early stage companies might have in common? They have a product. So the companies that we have been talking to, they usually already have a product, mm-hmm. um, a minimum viable product that have uh, s- some pilot customers to basically prove the value proposition. So if we are going into series A round, they usually don't already have a uh, customer revenue yet. They might have some pilot revenue, but no customer revenue yet.
0: What are the main differences between the Series A and the Series B?
1: So a Series B, we expect them to have customer revenue already. They would already have actual revenue rather than just pilot revenue, and it's a, a lot more developed product. But I think that these days it's hard to Calibrate because you do see some seed stage or series A companies raising a, a very fairly large round that could easily be a series B round.
0: So, you're saying it can vary? Yes. So, in corporate venture capital, we've been talking about mostly investing in early stage companies. Part of this involves finding those companies and determining which ones to invest in. How do you
1: identify innovative companies? Sure. I think that it's a two-way street because there is a lot of capital out there. And so even if the entrepreneur doesn't take our money, there's a lot of places that they can go to. And so it's really finding someone that who wants to work with us and who can benefit from the network of AAA and CSAA. And so that you know, as they help us grow from a strategic perspective, we're also helping the company grow as well, that we can actually offer value to them. And so that's a very important fit for us. And of course, we will also look at the team, who are the lead investors, you know, what is their business idea, things like that, what problem are they solving?
0: You mentioned thinking about what are we also able to offer to the companies that we invest in. So I'm wondering, in a Series A or a Series B, is the company that makes the corporate investment involved in any way with the company, the early stage company?
1: Yes. So after we invest, our team also acts as the champion of the company to help them engage with the rest of the organization, not just within CSAA, but also the rest of the AAA ecosystem as well.
0: One of the things you might look at before deciding to invest in something is looking at the business plan of the company.
1: Can you explain what the business plan is? Sure. So usually the business plan starts with the problem that they're trying to solve. Um, how they're solving it. What are some of the proof points that they have shown that you know they're solving the right problem with the right market size and that they're the right team to solve it. So it could be the experience that they have. It could be uh, some patents that they already apply for. And then they usually show us how are they going to go to market. Um, so what channels are they going to? A lot of the times at the early stage, They might have multiple ways that they're trying to go to market. So there are multiple customer segments that they're trying to get to, usually not too many, maybe two up to three, because it's still usually a pretty small team. So by the time we invest, when they're trying to get to Series A, a seed stage company usually have maybe around 10 people. The problem that they're trying to solve um, how they're solving it. What are some of the proof points that they have shown that you know they're solving the right problem with the right market size and that they're the right team to solve it. So it could be the experience that they have. It could be uh, some patents that they already apply for. And then they usually show us how are they going to go to market. Um, so what channels are they going to? A lot of the times at the early stage, they might have multiple ways that they're trying to go to market. So there are multiple customer segments that they're trying to get to, usually not too many, maybe two up to three, because it's still usually a pretty small team. So by the time we invest, when they're trying to get to Series A, uh, a seed stage company usually have maybe around 10 people or less.
0: From your time working in the space of investing and corporate strategy, have you noticed any trends in the
1: insurance industry. Sure. So aside from the one that I talked about, the millennials, you know, where the younger generation, the generation Y and Z are also get starting to buy houses, cars, they're having families, so they need insurance. In addition to that, they would want to have all the digital. You also have a lot of IoT devices in the market that a lot of insurers are starting to package in with their policies. So the focus is instead of calling the insurance when you actually have something happen, the mindset is changing from how can we prevent that for our customers? How could we be more preventative and also just be more engaging because usually an insurance company engages with the customers when something happens. How can we actually change that model so that we actually are better partner? for our customers and then another trend that we're seeing is there's a unicorn in the market called BLAND. so they sell uh, financial services bundling with or mortgages with insurance so there we're starting to see that is still relatively early trend but we are starting to pay attention to you know companies that are integrating different services together so that it provides a better experience for the customer instead of having to buy all the pieces separately, kind of like you know Microsoft, you can just buy Microsoft Office as one. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what we're seeing as well. And so we're also just talking to a lot of startups that are interested in doing different bundling as well.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned the shift to all digital and mobile and fast on the go, which you're saying is a lot of it. The reason is because millennials, you know, grew up with technology and they're accustomed to it. The other trends are in terms of IOT and having more predictive systems Mm -hmm. and intelligent systems that Mm -hmm. can use AI, like you mentioned earlier, the, the one- Detecting the images in the roofs, yes, like how old they are, and you know if they need to be changed. And this more integrated approach that is still in
1: its early stages. One more thing in the trend that I want to talk about is um, the proliferation of things like DoorDash or you know Lyft or the Task Rabbit. So you have a lot of people that are basically small business owners, and so. They would need, so because if you have home insurance, you cannot use that to protect your house when you are um, renting it out. And then if you're driving as a Lyft driver, you cannot use your personal insurance You know when you're driving as a Lyft driver. I know that Lyft also offers their own insurance, but it's really this idea of commercial insurance and also uh, the bundling for the commercial insurance. Because if you're a business owner, insurance is a piece that you would want to get, but also you're gonna need accounting, you're gonna need invoicing, there are a whole bunch of different things that you want to get together as a business owner. So how can we actually attack that and then help small business owners be successful and provide them with a bundling that you know also contains insurance inside? So
0: more flexibility. Yes. Before we finish, I want to understand the things that you get to work on as principal in venture capital. I got an idea from this conversation but just more specific, you know,
1: what are some of the things that you do? Sure. So the thing that I love the most is really to learn about what the entrepreneurs are working on, helping them be successful and then working with, you know, different people in the ecosystem like yourself, Adana, really talking to different people, talking to different organizations, helping these entrepreneurs that we invest in be embedded within the csaa ecosystem help them be successful so i think a lot most of my time obviously is on you know helping these entrepreneurs but i also spend a lot of time meeting people just around silicon valley and just in the ecosystem as well
0: do you look at investments and deals on your own or do you work with other people?
1: Yeah, so of course we have a team, the team looks at it, but we also talk to other investors to kind of get their feel on what they think of the company and we do that regularly.
0: All right, well Vivian, thank you for taking the time to come on the show. It's been great
1: talking to you about insurance technology. Thank you very much, Adana. Thank you for having me.